Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome and thanks for listening. This segment of the show is brought to you by J.K. Murphy Advisors and is is going to feature uh, Gerald Katz, who's joining us from Chicago. Uh, Gerald, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Pleasure to have you on. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what is your business worth, the $64 question. And before we get into that, which I'm very interested to hear about, could you share a little bit about your background and how you got into this particular line of work? Yes, I was the professor of business for a number of years, and uh, somebody asked me a question about uh, some way some numbers were going and uh, some mathematical questions in finance. I answered them, and one thing led to another, and I ended up uh, joining the group that did valuations. And uh, by our direction, we tried to present ourselves in a bit more sophisticated because we understand the mathematics and the financial issues behind valuations more than just using some formulas as what do those formulas really mean and how can we establish a connection between the value of the business, the economy, and what's going on. And we've just evolved into it and just continue doing it. Yeah, well, there's there's certainly a science to creating evaluation, but there's a lot of art to it as well, isn't there? Oh, yes, yes. There's a, what I like to call sometimes good common sense that uh, you know what's happening in the values. You know why it's worth what it is. and Is it temporary? Is it long-term? Uh, what you believe about the, the company. Now, at, at uh, J.P. Katz & Associates, do you specifically uh, focus on valuations for companies? Is that your core business? Our core business is valuations but of companies, but we also provide economic analysis and for damage claims and for other litigation purposes. Now, how do you use statistics in your work? I use statistics uh, because I'm looking at uh, for patterns. I'm looking at, uh, I can give you some examples. Uh, I will uh, look at some invoices and take some averages and try and determine what's the mean and how does that mean differ from other means. Are the numbers legitimate? Uh, I will use regression analysis and see where the trends are, but understand what I'm looking at and understand the numbers. Uh, simple regression analysis doesn't always give you an answer, but it's understanding how the statistics apply. And I use statistics all the time for different kinds of tests, a mean test, chi-square test, and alpha variance test, depending on what I'm looking at and trying to verify the information that I'm getting. Uh, is it accurate? Is it reasonable? Uh, when you say, uh, I got $3 million uh, sales yesterday, is that a uh, acceptable number? Is that uh, probable? What are the probabilities of being able to repeat that particular event? All, all, all very part of statistics. All, all very important information. It's the reliability of numbers, right? Yes, yes. The reliability. When you see numbers, when they, uh, does the past predict the future? Not necessarily. 
you want to understand what's happening and what are the other variables that affect it and how do you, what are the, what are the reasons for particular numbers and can you understand the variations in them? And business buyers really want to know that they can rely on on the numbers that they've seen, not only, of course, the past, but the trends that are happening. And so I can see how that could be very valuable to be able to come into someone and say, well, we've ana- we've analyzed all of this. We've taken it apart. We put it back together. We think the trend is going to be X. And here's why. I, I think a lot of buyers want to know the why behind the numbers, right? Yes, that, that's the critical thing is the why what's going on, what's driving it, what are the variables that impinge on the company's performance. Is it just a fluke right now, or is it something that several different variables, and they don't, they're not always totally independent of each other, but you look at how the numbers come together and why we believe this is what's going to happen. Keep in mind, when I'm valuing a business, although many people think of it as, well, you're looking at the historic numbers, really, when you're valuing, you're looking at the future because you can't do anything with the past. It's gone. But I'm buying future income. I'm buying future company process what's going to happen in the future. So I have to have an understanding of what drives the future. And that's where my numbers become very important. And my variables, the understanding of what makes the business run is important. Yeah, and these days, especially with technology companies and companies that have a, a planned obsolescence built in, uh, it's very important to be able to uh, to quantify that as well, I would imagine. Yes, it is. It is. It's very. The concept, the issues related to obsolescence are very. I mean, I can name you a dozen companies you probably know off the top of your head. Uh, what happened? Uh, primarily because they did not take into consideration the future. What how's technology going to develop? I mean, Digital Equipment Corp was once the second biggest uh, computer company in the country, and it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and you have that going on all the time. And if you're not aware, you might get into trouble. I mean, we can see that happening all the time. And that's where understanding the driving forces and all the external forces that will impinge uh, on your uh, your company or your project. What else? What should I expect to happen? How do I develop my company to keep on going to make sure I'm always on the, the edge of technology. Yeah, very important very important information. Gerald, we're going to take a short break and then when we come back I'm going to ask you to share a couple client stories and some tips, ideas, and sure. precautions for our listeners. So hang in there with us. We'll be right back after this quick message. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the show for age 50-plus business owners. We're interviewing over 250 professional advisors for their tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new 20-minute interviews and one-minute highlights every day at ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. 
Hey everybody, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach. Hey, let me ask you a question about your patents, your trademarks, your copyrights, your licensing agreements, and your trade secrets. You know, your intellectual property. What are you doing to protect all of those important assets of your company? If you're not talking to experts, you're really putting your company at risk. So what I want you to do is call Hankin Patent Law. They're experts. They've been doing this for 20 years. They ask the right questions so you can protect what you have in mind. Call Mark Hankin at 310 310- 979-3600 for a free consultation. That's 310-979-3600. Give them a call today and find out what you can do to protect your intellectual property. Welcome back, friends. Just a reminder that we've interviewed dozens of advisors on a wide variety of topics. You'll find all of their interviews and highlights online at ExaCoachRadio.com or on iTunes at iTunes.ExaCoachRadio.com. I'm talking with Gerald Katz. And, Gerald, before the in- the break, very interesting information about the uh, planned obsolescence and all the factors that go into determining the, the future value of a company. It's very important to look forward in evaluation. Uh, when you're valuing companies, how often do you go in and say, well, you know what we really ought to do is, is this division, uh, let's, let's value it separately from this other division because we're going to have different multiples and you may even think about selling off one division at, at 10 times EBITDA or whatever your formula is and the other one's just a plain old five times. We do that regularly because if you're looking, depending on the company and depending on its product line and how it's divided up, I will I will value each division or each operation separately. But we also have to be very concerned with: is there any kind of synergy between the different parts of the company? In that, are they really separable? Is one part of the company may not be doing as well as another part, but is it necessary for the other com- part of the company to continue to grow and operate in a good, profitable manner? Um, and this happens regularly uh, because remember that you may have now, uh, if the divisions are totally separate, I own a company in Milwaukee that makes uh, noodles and have another company in Chicago that makes tires. Yeah, you could say, well, they're not really related, and I would treat them as two separate companies. But what if one company is making uh, noodles and the other part of the company is making packaging for the noodles? There's a relationship. Exactly, yes. Good point, good point. And so I've got to be able to look into how they separate. Sometimes it's worth saying, hey, You've got two companies, one's not worth as much as the other, but the other won't be worth as much if you get rid of the first part. You know, and that's a great point. Unless unless you give away free noodles with four tires. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, we'll do a promotion, tires filled with noodles. (laughs) Well, uh, noodles instead of an air. But but in the situation where, let's say, a, uh, a company is doing a particular line and then they decide, there's something else that's that's helpful and it's information based for our industry, but the two companies probably won't have too much synergy between the two of them. Would you recommend that a company with a new idea, a new division like that, start right from the beginning as separate entities so that they can track that and and uh, make it a lot? Is in other words, it's probably a lot easier to do your separation right from the beginning than to try to take them apart down the road. 
Well, yeah, it, it, it can be separated. Uh, if, for example, if I'm developing, and this, has been, this has gone on, I may be developing software and uh, going heavily into software for various purposes. And also I was doing hardware at one time. I think I'd be better off just looking at the software as a separate part because even though hardware is needed, you may be able to find that going only on the software aspect is a better plan. But it's still, you've got to be careful about uh, overlaps and how one part can help the other. So, for example, should I make my software that only runs my uh, on my hardware? Well, uh, I'm not sure that's good, but it's just one thought. See, you, you want to keep in mind that quite often, if your new idea is totally separate or independent of what you were doing before, then go for it. Use the new idea from the start and keep it separate. Yeah, it's... If it I'm sorry, I, I was just going to say... On, yeah, if it depends on it, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, and you're going to have to probably have a central something in the middle as well, right? And right, I, yeah. yeah. Because a lot of times we, we see people that are saying, uh, especially for our, our listeners, they're saying, well... In the next five years, I want to sell this company, or I want to uh, you know, maybe sell off one division of the company, and it's it's painful for them to take all of that apart when they're entering into in sale negotiations and growing and running their business. So I just wanted to get your perspective on that. Um, on, on your uh, uh, preparation, we talked about a messenger service business. What can you tell us uh, about them? Yes, now that, that was it was interesting because that one. They were faced with a strike, and the issue in company, the messenger service, one company lost a lot of business, and they blamed the strike for the loss of business. But concurrent with that, the general manager went out and started his own company, and we discovered that, in fact, the reason for the decline in business in the first company was because the general manager took the Rolodex with him. And he solicited all the uh, old customers and moved them over to his new company. Now, that not we had to value the company, and we said, look, what is the cause? Can you get them back, or can you increase your business? Don't worry about the suing anybody for the strike. Let's see what we can do to change the business. And it, but. It, the original understanding was that the business slowed down only because of the strike. They didn't take into consideration that the manager took all the business with him. So, I mean, you have to understand where things are and why they happen. And put some analysis on our part to establish what the causes were and then how the, the company could recover and recover its value again. And it also illustrates the importance of uh, tying in your key people and making sure that you, you lock the door a little bit. If, the, if they leave, then you want to have some kind of a recourse in advance, yeah. obviously, right? You, you, the uh, non-compete? You know, some sort of non, non-compete agreement or something, or some way of uh, being able to protect yourself. Yeah. And that happens regularly, with, with especially with new ideas. Yeah, I was going to say also, you know, a lot of businesses that the the owner, everything's wrapped up around that owner. And if the owner were to die, for instance, or become disabled, a lot of business value can be lost in a hurry 
if they were, for instance, the one that originated new contracts, did sales, and, and you know, the business was all about the owner. It doesn't only have to be an owner. It can also be a key person. Good point. The owner has some ideas. You have some key people working there and really pushing your ideas around and generating. Then all of a sudden, one of them dies or mm-hmm. disabled or just leaves. How that will affect your business. Yeah, you you can probably expect some some major hiccups for at least a short term while you're trying to replace and, and rebuild from there. You know, a lot of our owners are saying, I just want to go from overtime to part-time, and in the meanwhile, a key person's going to have to be running that business. So you really have to be pr- protective of that. You know, this has been fascinating. Part-time. Mm-hmm. If you want to go part-time, you got to be careful because you are, you are a key person running that business. Can that business run part-time? And can or can you get somebody who will replace you? And uh, you've got to be very decisive, very understanding of what you're doing, and uh, to what extent will that new person have the same ideas and interest, primary interest as you have? So it's important to to uh, build out your processes and systems, tie in your key people, and keep an eye on everything with with key performance yes, indicators. It is. It's very, uh, very fascinating talking with you. I, I really enjoy uh, talking with you. I hope we can talk again some other time and uh, go deeper on some of these topics, Gerald. Uh, now, uh, you have a website that's jpkatz, jpkatz.com, correct? That's correct, yes. And on that, our listeners can find articles, analytic analytic procedures, um, but not uh, but not valuation kind of stuff, more more. How to the, the the science behind valuation is that does that sound about right? Yeah, a lot of information. A lot of, if you have any questions, you can call me or uh, contact me. My email address is there. My phone number is there. Okay, so listeners, if you if you'd like to know more about valuing your business and the science behind that, going deeper about building the value of your business, go to www.jpcats k a t z dot com. Uh, Gerald, a, a real pleasure and a treat to talk with you today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I've been talking with Gerald Katz of JP Katz and Associates LLC. We're going to take a short break, so please stay tuned. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50 plus business owners where we're interviewing over 250 top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 